0: Our look at Romans continues next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. The diagnosis and the cure for the human race, that's precisely what the Apostle Paul deals with here in the book of Romans. And today we continue with our look at how can a sinner ever be right with God? The Apostle Paul addresses this question in detail and leaves us with some very encouraging answers and news. Join us, won't you? This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're working our way through Romans today. Here now with this edition of Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard.
1: We're in the book of Romans and for three chapters. It should have led you to depression because it should have proved you're guilty. And that was the very thing. My wife said, please get positive. I said, you can't be too positive for three chapters on guilt. It's not a complex you've had. You're guilty, according to the doctor. He found the disease in us, and the disease was sin. But thank God we're now beginning that section that he's prescribing, the only thing that can cure a guilty sinner before God and this is the glorious truths of salvation and in particular today we'll be looking at the teaching of what justification by faith means let me do a little education here justification means righteousness is the Greek word and so There's two concepts. Does God make me righteous? That is inside. I'm made righteous right there on the spot. Or there's another way you're declared to be righteous as in a courtroom situation. It's not that you're sinless, but that you're giving a status of being right, as it were, before the court of God. And God's going to spend a lifetime on getting you to act right. That we call sanctification. The rest of your life is gonna be changing you inside, conforming you to the image of Christ, and seeing that you are people that learn to act right, for sure, but justification by faith is that God can declare you right before him solely on the basis of you putting faith in Jesus Christ. Now, This happened to be the thing that a German boy, when he nailed 99 Theses uh, on the door at Wittenberg, was saying, you cannot be declared right before God through penance, through confessional booths, through indulgences. You can't buy it, you can't earn it. You've gotta come through faith alone in Christ. And it shook the German empire all of Europe and all of a sudden the Pope says we have a wild boar loose in the vineyard of the Lord and the wild boar happened to be Martin Luther who said it's by faith it's not by works but before Martin Luther was Paul and the Holy Spirit in Romans 3 so let's pick up Romans 3 uh, 27 Uh, which makes no sense unless I tell you what he said prior to it. Let me just give you, in summary, what he says. He has said, to those who are guilty, you can be right before God without the law. The law can never justify you. It can condemn you, but it cannot give you a righteous status. Two, you can be right with God by grace alone. God, out of grace, freely, wants to offer this status as a gift, not as a merit badge that you win. Uh, Then he goes on to say, Jesus Christ had to die for God to have the privilege of declaring the guilty right. Here's the big problem, and we'll come to it again. How can a just God declare a guilty man right and not compromise his character? Well, the cross was God's answer and Christ came and died for the Father to have the right and the privilege to declare you to be right without compromising his character. For God the Son paid for our crimes. God the Son paid for the privilege of God showing you grace. And so God says, I did not suspend righteousness. I did not suspend justice. Justice has been fully satisfied and I am free to dispense grace to the guilty. And he could say to you, do you think my son's enough? Well, whether you do or not, it was enough for him. He satisfied the father and he declared that he's just in declaring guilty people right. So God the Father needed the cross as much as you did to defend his character. So now, after that has been said, he says these words, and we pick up verse 27. Where then is boasting, human boasting, about our salvation? It is excluded. On what principle? On that of observing the law? No, no but on that of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified, declared righteous before God, apart from observing the law. Has anyone ever heard of the book of Galatians? He Says it over and over. Is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too since there's only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. We rather uphold it. The law was meant to prove you guilty. It was never given to give you divine acquittal. So he says the law upholds everything we're saying here. Well, God's method of having you declared right before him, he is saying, excludes human boasting. You just, because uh, you don't get the credit for it. Look at the verses that just repeat this. Turn with me to Ephesians, just to give you an example. In Ephesians 2.8, you all know this verse, but just to help you keep your Bible lubricated, turn there. 2.8, two, listen to what he says. For it is by grace you have been saved in the past. With the present result, you're still saved. That's a perfect tense. Through faith. And this, not from yourselves. What's not from yourselves? The being saved and the faith to be saved. This is not from yourselves. The whole package is the gift of God. Well, why did you say that? Well, it's not by works. Well, why do you tell me it's not by works? So you cannot boast. You didn't save yourself. You don't know how to save yourself. Well, who saved you? I ask you. I know. Who saved you? I can't hear you. I've been teaching here 36 years, and you can't answer that question. Who saved you? Well, maybe you're like the folks who say, well, I did my part and God did his part. Well, I'll tell you what your part was, was the sinning. His part was the saving. Who saved you? Jesus kind of saves with my help. Does Jesus save alone? Please. Let this thing fall down if they don't answer right. Just let it just fall that I can have a heart attack. (laughs) Be clear. Therefore, you don't get to boast. Salvation is not a human work. Jonah said with seaweed wrapped around his head at the bottom of the Mediterranean, salvation is of Jehovah. Jesus saves, not you. So, God wants to say all the time, you can't boast about this work. This is a divine undertaking for you. Look at Titus. Titus chapter 3. And these are just a few. But let's begin at 3. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of our God, of our Savior appeared, he, wait, he, didn't he, you should have put he and you saved you. Who, Who saved you? He, and who's the he? Okay, so far so good. Not because of righteous things we had done, he didn't save you because you had coughed up some merit to be saved. But because of his, can't hear you. I'm an antiphonal preacher. You talk back to me. Uh, when I ask you a question, talk back. Don't just, these guys don't expect you to. I do. Answer me. He is who? Jesus. There you go. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by our good works. Yes, you're right on it. That's the way to talk to me. He said, when I'm wrong, Sam, I'm wrong. Justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Amen. Church should get a little noisy when truth is being preached. I don't mind it. 1 Corinthians, turn there. 126. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. It's a little depressing, isn't it? Drunks, liars, thieves, womanizers, cussers, on and on. But think of what you were. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Most of us didn't have a PhD when we were saved. Not many were influential only at sinning. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things, and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are. And God, why did you choose such a low-class kinds of people overall? So that, are you there? Yeah. So that, read with me, no one may boast before him. I had a guy tell me, he said, the only, that verse is the only way you got in the ministry. I said, you got it. I had no credentials. The only thing I had was I was a thoroughbred sinner. And God chose who he chose. And one of the big things he wants to establish, I want no one boasting about what they've done. I want you to boast. See, when you boast on God, it's praise and worship. When you boast on yourself, it's insanity. Insane people think they are something they're not, and we have to put them in straitjackets because we have to talk them out of the fact they're not Jesus Christ while they're in a J-ward. And I have met people in J-ward who thought they were Jesus or Napoleon. Because a part of insanity is to have an estimation of yourself that's not true. And it's always higher than truth. So he wants us to say, first of all, God's method of declaring you right before God, be sure of this, it excludes human boasting. Because it's a divine work and not a human partnership or a human work. Second thing he wants to tell us, now we go back to Romans 3, is that uh, our salvation is by faith alone in spite of our character. And look what he says. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Now, he's going to go and explain that this salvation is made available to Jew and Gentile. And he's going to go on and say, God justifies by faith apart from works. He ignores your character when he declares you right. Uh, This is revolutionary. Uh, What do you mean? I I thought I had to be something special to be declared righteous. Well, he goes from this verse and he picks up two illustrations. Abraham and David in chapter 4. Listen to what he says. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. In other words, if he was a good guy, he could boast to everybody else how good he was, but he couldn't before God because God really knew what he was. And you know what he was? When God called him in Ur of Chaldea, he was a moon worshiper. He was an idol worshiper, Joshua said. He was a pagan. He came from Heber, so that the Hebrews are named after him. But he was not a Jew when God called him. He was a pagan idolater. And he didn't obey God completely. He told him to leave his family, but Terah came with him, his father, Lot came with him. His obedience was partial. And he says, if Abraham was right, and if he's justified by works, he'd have a lot to boast about. But you know what? Abraham can't boast. He must not have qualified with works. And what does he say? Let me read something to you. The rabbis always used Abraham As the example of someone being that earned their status before God. And let me give you some quotes from the rabbis. And from the apocryphal writings. Ecclesiasticus called the wisdom of Sirach. If you look it up in apocryphal writings. They say that he earned his right to be the father of the faithful. Because he obeyed. And they'll quote Genesis 26.5. Or they'll quote Genesis 22 that he obeyed by taking Isaac up to Mount Moriah. So he earned his status. Um, The rabbis taught that Abraham was one of seven men who by his merit and his personal righteousness had the privilege of bringing the Shekinah glory back to the temple. He was seen to be perfect. The rabbis also said that he began to serve God when he was the age of three. Where they got this, we don't know, but that's what was part of rabbinic teaching. Uh, From the prayer of Manasseh, another non-biblical writing, they said, therefore thou, O Lord God of the righteous, hast not appointed repentance for the righteous, for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, who did not sin against thee. So they saw him as sinless, The book of Jubilee said, Abraham was perfect in all his deeds with the Lord and well-pleasing in righteousness all the days of his life. They did something with Habakkuk 2, uh, 4 and Romans 1, 17, where it says, the just shall live by faith. They translated it this way. The just shall live because of their faithfulness. and the key term they put was merit he merited what god did for him and so the rabbis loved to run back to abraham and paul is always picking up abraham in galatians in romans he said let's discuss let's discuss this man abraham and he goes back to genesis 15:6 that the rabbis would translate he Believed God by being faithful. And God rewarded him through that merit and gave him righteousness. Through his faithfulness. Well, listen to what he says. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, was this because of his character? Watch. Now, when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. If he earned this righteous standing, God was paying him a wage. However, to the man who does not work but trust or believes God who justifies the wicked, and it's really the ungodly, those who will give God no due. His faith is credited as righteousness. So he's contrasting a works righteousness that you earn and God owes you a paycheck versus a faith righteousness that God gives even when you're ungodly. Even when before him you've done nothing to merit it. It's a righteousness he gives solely in response to faith. Not your character. When you read the narrative of Genesis 15, there is nothing there that's ever cited as a good work of Abraham. Let me give you just an overview. He has just delivered a lot in chapter 14 from the kings of Sodom he is in his uh, tent a little bit I think frightened that there may be reprisals and he's just out there with his household which is he had 400 servants he was a w- wealthy man but he's there and all of a sudden uh, he begins to think what's my future I've left Ur I'm living with a barren woman I love Sarah but she could bear me no posterity and I'm here, and God said he'd make a great nation out of me. And i be, I'm having these birthdays, I'm running towards 100 years of age, I've got a barren wife, what, what's going on? And God said, get out of your tent and look at the stars, and he, he does, and he looks at the stars and observes them, and, and God just said, see those stars, Yeah. Uh, I am going to give you a posterity, as it were, like the stars. It's going to be so many, you can't count them. He did something. He said, well, if you promised it, you have the power to perform it, and I believe you. If you promised it, you have the power to perform it. So I will just believe you can do what you said. You see, faith is the only thing you could ever do without doing anything. You believe what another can do. It's not faith in what you can do. And in God's salvation and in this being declared right before God, he's saying... Would you believe that I can do what I said I can do, that if you will believe me, that's all I'm asking you to do, is to believe me and in romans would you please believe in the lord jesus christ that i can perform and do what i say that's all i'm asking in cooperation with me i'll do the performance of it i'll do the payment of your sin but you must believe me to appropriate it i will not give it to you if you say i'm a liar if you refuse my son you will get none of the benefits of my son's death. Faith alone, apart from works.
0: How can a sinner ever be made right with God? That's the title of our series, and you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, copies are available, or simply ask for the entire three-CD set, How Can a Sinner Ever Be Right With God? Call us today at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. Now, there is another way that you can contact us, and not only contact us, but take advantage of an awful lot of resource materials available for your growth in Christ. And you'll get the chance to learn a bit more about us and who we are and what we believe. It's all found at our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. One other note is we let you go. The broadcast is presented daily and Sundays here on KFAX as TFT sustainers come alongside of us financially and prayerfully as partners, helping us in the support of the broadcast to continue the ministry of Truth For Today here on KFAX. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter a once-a-year special gift. You'll also have access to Take a Break, which is the weekly devotional video done by Pastor Phil. For further information, visit valleybible.org or simply call us at 855-833-9864. No gift is too small. In fact, we would rather have 25 folks who are giving 5 or $10 a month as opposed to one big donation. That's not to say we won't take a big donation as well, but again, that's simply to let you know that any and all donations are gratefully appreciated. And 100% of your donation goes back into the ministry here at Truth For Today to ensure that it continues here on KFAX. Please consider that as you call us at 855-833-9864 and then join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.